0: How many have you been walking through the doors? Holy Spirit was really speaking to me at the beginning of this year that there are doors that He wants us to walk through. And I really feel like this is this devotion door is really the door of surrender. There's a lot of things that God is, the pressure some of you are feeling on certain issues in your life is really God trying to get you to surrender that part of your life. It was crazy this morning. Brenda, it was just crazy. I don't know why, but I, I put these shoes on. I had them, Worn these shoes in a while, and I put my foot in. I was walking, these look really nice, you know. And I put them on, and I'm telling you, the most irritating thing hit my foot. I couldn't take another step, I couldn't figure out. I said, There's something in my shoe, and I kid you not, I couldn't barely see it with my eye, but it was a little pebble the littlest minute pebble. And I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me. He said, Sam, I'm gonna stick those in you because your walk will be better if you'll deal with anything I put in there. Mm. And I'm telling you, some of y'all are having hassles in your marriage right now. Stop looking at your spouse. I'm just, I don't know if this is prophetic for you, but I'm just telling you, he's dealing with the pebble. Get it out and you'll watch your walk get so much better with the Lord and with your spouse. There's stuff happening for some of you in your money You you can't ever get ends to meet, and the Lord is dealing with you. He's got a pebble in your shoe, and he's not trying to get something from you. He is trying to get something through you. And so whatever that is for you today, and you're irritated with somebody, I promise you, he's dealing with something. There's a pebble in there. Just surrender. Surrender don't keep walking with that thing in your shoe. I promise you 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 will be the grumpiest Christian. I have ever met just How many is ready to let him do whatever he wants to do? Amen? And so we were walking through those doors, and I felt the first door God was wanting us to walk through was the door of devotion How many remember that and that but we all say we're devoted and we're surrendered Jesus and that's a lot of the talk of American Christians is that we talk about having Jesus, but why is everybody turning away from us? And the reason everybody's turning away from us is because we built in a pet door that God's dealing with us about. And the pet door is the wild animal. And the Bible tells us, don't give the life of your dove over to wild beasts. And we're letting pets in the door. And so we just don't want to talk about it, but we want to, how, how, do, how do I deal with this pebble in my shoe, pastor? And so I told you about, everybody get on the app. You'll see right there on the banner, you'll see a banner right in there on the app. It says overcoming groups. If it's your money, if you need help in your marriage, you're dealing with issues that are very private to you, uh, anything, go look at the overcoming groups. The last week I said it, I don't know how many, I think like 70, 75, 76 of you just walked through the door and said, I'm taking it on, Pastor, right now. How many, let's rejoice over those 76, just walk through the door and said, I am taking on that pet door, I'm dealing with it. And then the other door is that, the open door, is the one-way door, that it's Jesus that we need to talk about Jesus, focus on Jesus, and there's no other way to God the Father, there's no other way to eternal life, but only through Jesus, not because I said it, but because he said it. And then last Sunday, we dealt with, we dealt with the open door. We dealt with the open door of how Jesus showed us to effectively pray and for the purpose of why we do want to pray. And I'm gonna go even deeper in that because today, I wanna to talk to you about a receiving door. A receiving door. Because there's something God wants to give so many of you that are hungering for the Lord, and some of you are just going, Pastor, I just, I don't know why, but I just feel like something's missing in my life. I wanna to talk to you. There's something after salvation that God says there's more for you besides just giving your life to me for salvation. And there's more behind that receiving door. Jesus talked about receiving the infilling power of the Holy Spirit for power to be released through your life. But it all starts with your heart to surrender, to be devoted, and that's where Revelation 3.8 comes in. He says, I know all the things you do, he told that church in Philadelphia, and I have opened a door for you that no one can close. It's so interesting that in the body of Christ, so many people are trying to close the door to receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit and even that precious gift of praying to him in the unknown tongue. I know a lot of people said it's closed, it's done, it's over. I'm telling you, Jesus said, I have opened a door and there is nobody that can close this door. How many are ready to walk through the door and receive all that Jesus said you could receive, amen? We're gonna close this service today with just worship, Just, just absolute worship to the Lord. Because I believe there's more that some of you are saying, I know it's there, Pastor. Help me with it. So Jesus helped his followers with that more. In Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, Jesus has already been crucified, buried, resurrected from the dead. He's on this earth for 40 days, and he's telling them this is what needs to happen next in your life as a follower of Jesus Christ. And let's look at verse 4. Acts 1, 4. Ready? He says, on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Don't, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the what, everybody? Say that out loud, the, it's a gift. It's a gift, you don't earn it, it's like salvation, it's a gift, you gotta take it. The gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. So he, was, he taught him this is coming. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And I'm gonna show you later on. These believers were already saved. His blood has already been shed. They were already saved by the blood of Jesus, but he said, there's something more. So they waited. They waited, they wouldn't leave. They said, we're staying, we're following what Jesus said. And they surrendered to what Jesus said. And there they were in an upper room. Waiting, worshiping, praising, encouraging one another. And as they were worshiping, Jesus said these things that this is what you got to wait for. Acts 1.8 says, he says, but you will receive power. Everybody say that word. Power. Power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That word power is the word dunamis. It's where you get the word dynamite. It means there's something you're not able to do now that you need to be doing. And that word dunamis means mighty ability, miraculous power. He says, I want this to be released through your life. And then here they are waiting for it, Acts 2, 1, 4. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And here's the first physical thing that happened when they were filled they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit, they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So, how many know that when the Holy Spirit comes, it's not to make us all feel good? and say, I'm coming back if I get to feel that again in service. I cannot tell you how many outpourings of the Spirit everybody tries to duplicate them because of what they felt. The reason for the Holy Spirit, you will feel things and you will sense things, but I'm telling you, there is a purpose for you receiving that because when that happened that day, all of a sudden, a group of band of believers that were introverts, that were afraid, become the most courageous people to a culture that despised them and 3,000 people when they come out of the room give their hearts to Jesus Christ. 3,000 people get saved and throughout the New Testament you see people, there were signs, there were wonders happening through ordinary believers like you and me. There were miracles that happened. In fact, it wasn't just miracles, signs, and wonders. They became missional to reach the nations of the world. All of a sudden these believers had deep compassion for others besides just their own Jewish group deep compassion they started reaching out to the poor winning the lost signs and wonders miracles see I see so many people in the sometimes in our American churches they want to receive receive when it comes to talk about the Holy Spirit receive 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 how many of you work at a place where you have a receiving door but how many know it's not just called receiving it's also called shipping it's called shipping and receiving if all your company does was take in, take in, take in, take in, take in, I promise your company is going broke. No one's going to buy your product because what you receive is intended to go out and even bring a greater productivity to you and your company to expand. And this is why the church in America is shrinking, and so are believers shrinking in their spiritual power and authority. Is because you want, you want, you got to have your music, got to have your message, you got to have your song, you got to have your feeling, but nothing's coming out of you. Just as it will bankrupt a company, it will bankrupt the believer. So my question is, who's been one to the Lord as a result of your testimony in the last 10 years? Hmm. Pastor, let's get back to the feel-good stuff. Okay, let's get back to the feel-good stuff. But do you understand what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit is not just for receiving. The Holy Spirit is for shipping, for receiving and shipping. Something is to go out. And guess what it is? It is the glory and the reflection of Jesus Christ that becomes contagious. It's not Sam Reifkogel, it's what's coming out of Sam Reifkogel. God says it's time for you to go through that receiving door and start shipping as well. Hmm. I thought it was a pretty good illustration the Holy Spirit gave me. See what happens when you pray in the Spirit? And I'm telling you, people say, see someone some, He says, "I've opened a door that no man closed." There are people today, and they're good, sincere believers in Jesus Christ that are telling you this door is shut." Jesus says, "I have opened a door that no man can shut." And I can tell you, it is still wide open, and there are Jesus Christ followers. There are Christians all over the world that are walking through the receiving door every single day, every single day. In fact, researchers Dave Barrett and Todd Johnson. This was a study done in 2006, and after their research they said with more than 580 million adherents, the Pentecostal charismatic movement has become in just 100 years the fastest growing and most global diverse expression of worldwide Christianity, growing at 19 million per year. That's 54,000 people per day are experiencing the infilling of what Jesus told those early disciples are receiving it today. 54,000 a day, think about that. That was a study in 2006, the World Encyclopedia of 2020 says there are now 644 million believers that have experienced what Jesus said they could have. I'm telling you, friends, what I'm trying to tell you. If 54,000 per day, they said before long, it'll be a billion people that are filled with the Holy Spirit, Christians that have experienced this. If, if that door was shut, then this wouldn't be happening. But guess where it's happening mostly? It's happening in Asia, it's happening in Africa, it's happening in Latin America. Well, I'm tired of it happening for somebody else all the time. I don't want it to happen in Asia and Africa. I don't want it just happening in Latin America. I want it to happen in the United States of America, in churches across America, in believers across America. And why should everybody else get the gift when God says that gift is for everybody? How many believe it's time to surrender and take the gift? So I'm going to just talk to you a little bit about understanding this gift. And in just a moment, someone special is going to join me. But I want you to walk the door of understanding this power after salvation that Jesus says you can have. The first thing I want you to know before we go any further today is that the power of the infilling of the Holy Spirit, it's for you today. Today. You don't have to go through classes you don't have to. You don't have to be an elder, a deacon, and hit deaconhood, and finally you get something from God. This is a gift. It's for you today. Well, I'm Baptist. It's for you today. Well, I'm some God. It's for you today. Well, well, I'm Christian form. It's for you today. I'm Catholic. It's for you today. It's for you today. Everybody, let's shout it out. It's for me today. Say it. It's for me today. Especially on that day of Pentecost when it happened, look at Acts 2-39, here's the disciple Peter after this experience, and they're asking two questions, what does this mean and what shall we do? What does this mean and what shall we do? Two questions. First thing he told them, this is what it means. He said, this promise, what you just saw happen to these hungry Jesus followers, this promise is for you and your children and for A-double-L, not just a select few, but all who are far off. This is talking about all those that would come to Jesus Christ for all whom the Lord our God will call." He said, this isn't just for you, this is for your children and everybody that comes to Jesus Christ that God calls. This promise, not of just salvation, but the power of the Holy Spirit. So, some of you are going, well pastor, when do we receive that Holy Spirit baptism empowerment? Now, you're going to say, you're, some of you are asking, say, well if I'm not filled with that power, that second experience, of the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues. Pastor, does this mean that I don't have the Holy Spirit when I got saved? See, some of you are asking that question, and let me help you just for a moment to delineate what happens here with the Holy Spirit in a person's life when they become saved. You ready? You receive the Holy Spirit. Take notes on this. You receive the Holy Spirit as a mark of identity in Christ at salvation. I don't have time to break all this down, but there are three baptisms that are very distinct in the New Testament. The pattern is there. It was baptized in Jesus, salvation, baptized in water, which is resur- that new resurrection in Jesus Christ, and then the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that endowment of power, and the first physical sign, that language of communion with God in the unknown tongue. Now, when you get saved, it becomes. The Holy Spirit gives you identity as a child of God. What it does, the Holy Spirit confirms that you're now his child, and the Bible even says he seals your salvation. The Holy Spirit does that. So he's the one that brings you to Jesus, and he is in you. He seals it. He confirms you. Some of you just gave your life to Jesus Christ today. You don't even know all the things of this church. You don't know all the Bible doctrine, but you know. You know, beyond the shadow of a doubt, something gave witness to you that I have been cleaned, I am saved, I am brand new, I don't understand it, I, my hair is the same, my clothes are the same, but something has happened, that's the Holy Spirit sealing and confirming, you're the child of God, you're born again, heaven is your home. How many, of you thank God, that the Holy Spirit sealed that in their heart today, okay? Now I'll show you where that's talking about. The Apostle Paul hits this in Ephesians 1.13. He says, having believed, that's mean coming to salvation and believing Jesus is the Son of the living God. Accepting him as your Lord and Savior. Having believed, watch this, you were marked in him with a seal. The promised Holy Spirit. That's what the Holy Spirit does at salvation. Romans 8.16 The apostle Paul says, for his spirit joins with your spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Something happened in you when you were born again that you knew you were the child of God, born again, saved, because you believed. That's why Galatians 4, 5, he tells us that we were adopted by God. When we gave our life to Jesus, we were adopted. That means he picked us. Adoption means you get picked, you get chosen. How many thank God? He picked you. I choose you. I die for you, I choose you, and then Galatians 4, 6 says, and because we are his children, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. The relationship changes. It's not God that's some big over. it is Daddy God who wants to give the best gift to his kid. Now, receiving the Holy Spirit at salvation is not the same as being baptized with the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not the same. You can be saved, but not necessarily baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. You receive the Holy Spirit, you receive him, as a mark of identity when you're saved. But Jesus was teaching them, there's another experience is waiting for you after your salvation, and guess what it is? It's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Walk through that door. Now somebody say, yeah, but didn't the Bible says where Jesus breathed on them? Well, let me tell you that. Let me show you the, Holy, the difference between the Holy Spirit of salvation and the baptism of the Holy Spirit power. Okay, let me show you. The Holy Spirit is present at salvation. Now you remember, if you'll read your scripture, go read John 20, this is right after Jesus Christ is resurrected from the dead. And he finds the disciples scared and gathered together, and he walks in on them, okay? It's right after his resurrection, and John 20, 22 says this, and with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So you say, well, then I'm baptized in the power of the Spirit. I... No, you got to understand. Dig into the word. When you look at John, when you look at John 2022, 20, you're gonna discover something. That the same Greek verb that is used in John 2022 20, is the same Greek verb used in Genesis 2, 7, when God breathed his breath into the nostril of Adam that was a lifeless form, just a blob of flesh, no life in it. He breathed his breath into his creation and gave it life. If you, if I put it this way, he was born because nothing was there. That is the exact same Greek verb used in Genesis 2.27 when God gave life to new creation. So just as he breathed his breath into a lifeless form to give it physical life, he breathed on them, watch this, and says, now you are a new creation, you were dead in your sins, just like it was just a clump of clay that Adam was, but now I give you new life, you are born again. Amen. How many grabbing a hold of this? Do I need to rinse and repeat? What, are y'all getting this? Okay, that is, that is, that is at salvation, you receiving the Holy Spirit for new creation. But Jesus said there is a baptism, there is a gift. After salvation, where it releases the power, the mighty ability to commune with God, for God to work through you, called the baptism in the power of the Holy Spirit, and that's why he said in Luke 24 or 49, I am going to send you what my father promised. I'm out of here, but I'm sending something to you, God promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. I don't know about you, but I got to have power to make it in this world that I'm in right now. How are you ready to walk through that receiving door? So I want to help you with a little bit, get a little more understanding. So I invited somebody to join me today. I love this guy. He is our academic dean here at our Grand Rapids uh, North Point College, our Bible college here. Give me a little shout out over there in that corner right there. I, can I tell you, I love seeing y'all here at all our services. You just, come on, give them a big God bless you. I love seeing our, some of our North Point students here. But Dr. Brian Ledbeck has been our academic dean since 2016. In fact, he did this. Uh, but how long did you finish your doctoral dissertation? About two years ago? Is it been four years already? Wow. But he did his doctoral dissertation, and the book is called Resurrection Spirit. It's about the book of Acts. And I really encourage you. It's, it's a deep work. Uh, but you can get it on Amazon. Just, just uh, type in Dr. Brian Ledbeck, and uh, Holy Ghost will come up. But the reason I'm gonna ask Dr. Brian to join me is because Dr. Brian is releasing a new book. He's just submitted to one publisher already, but it's called Celebrating Our Lord and Christ. Get this, it's a biblical theology on tongues. Why tongues? How many would love to hear from Dr. Brian Ledbeck, amen? Come on, Dr. Brian, come on, buddy, join me. Come on, everybody, give him a, give him a great welcome. I love this guy. Put you in a little bit here, brother. All right, stop. He's going to get the big head. Listen, Doctor Brian, you—I want to talk with you on this, but before we do, before we do, hey, do me a favor. Can you give us a, Give us an update on. There's a lot of great stuff happening at North Point Bible College. Give everybody an update real quick, would you?
1: I will. There's some awesome things going on, and you know, one of the things that I've had the privilege of doing is being the liaison between us and the Association for Biblical Higher Education, which is our accreditors. And what many people may not realize is that we have a mother campus in Haverhill, Massachusetts, but we have been working for the last six years to become an independent Bible college. So I know many people are really concerned you know, about the direction of our nation, where we're going morally and all these kind of things. But in the middle of all that, because of your vision and the vision of Pastor Sam And this church over the years, and uh, President Dorsey, and now President Roberts, we have decided to launch a new Pentecostal Bible college, because we're not going to just sit back and let the devil do his stuff, but we're training ministers to go out and take the nations for (laughs) Jesus. Amen. (laughs) So, so pastor, we have been so favored by our accreditors, the great people and they have given us accelerated status twice already. That's a big deal everybody. That's very unusual. It's a big deal. This is usually a 10 year process, but we could be as close as launching our new school completely accredited. We're accredited by another organization right now, but our own independent accreditation as soon possibly as February. So this is, it's a big deal. And can I just say pastor, thank you church for your support and when our creditors came and they looked at our facilities here in this church and all that you have done and your support we could not have gotten to this point without you and god bless you and thank you pastor and thank you church
0: (laughs) amen to god be the glory amen everybody so it's it's exciting what god's doing but I, but I, you know, Dr. Brian has, I mean, his whole doctoral dissertation on this is the new book that's coming out. I thought this, you'd be the guy that, that I think everybody would want to hear from. And so I, I, maybe I'm going to give some questions that maybe y'all are thinking about as well. But I want to know why did God choose a unique gift like speaking in tongues as the first physical evidence? Why would he use tongues? Why would, why would he do that?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, sometimes people hear about tongues and they go, oh, tongues. Whoa, that's a little bit strange over there. See, I did not grow up in in a Pentecostal environment. And that's why one of the reasons I'm so interested in the topic myself is I've been on a lifelong search to understand these things. But tongues is a symbol of missions. And let me explain what I mean. In the Old Testament, when people would be filled with the Holy Spirit, they would begin to prophesy. You know inspired utterance they would speak out prophetic things but with the launching of the New Testament church now into the mission field tongues the word just simply means languages languages represent nations it's the symbol that you've been empowered with the Holy Spirit to spread the good news of Jesus to the nations. so it makes sense tongues nations oh the power of God is on my life to proclaim Jesus to the nations. That's why that symbol.
0: You know, it's interesting that there they were in that upper room, and it was largely Jewish people in that upper room at the time.
1: Right, right. Yeah.
0: And so it was, it could be very segregated. Mm-hmm. But when they came out of that upper room, the people that they held at arm's length, now they are immediately engaging after being filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, people from on all these places. And it says even Arabs were hearing these Jews speak. Right. In this language, the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And 3,000 get saved.
1: Right.
0: And so I'm, I'm just, I, I really do. I just believe that when you get filled with the Holy Spirit and you stay filled in that communion with God of the language spirit, yeah. he really makes you more relevant and current to different cultures. So it shouldn't be, well, that's the young people over, that's their music. Or, you know, I work with a person and uh, they're from a different country and they just don't get it. I believe the Holy Spirit can empower you so greatly, just like he did those believers that were at distance, and immediately there's an engagement because of the Holy Spirit connection.
1: I I believe that, absolutely. In fact, as you know, Pastor, there in Acts 2, 17 and 18 there, it talks about how your sons and your Your daughters daughters will prophesy. It talks about your old men having um, dreams and your young men having visions. I've been a little concerned lately. I've been having dreams occasionally from the Spirit. It says, old men, I hope I'm not there yet, but... (laughs) But uh, and it, it, sons and daughters, and it talks about even your servants, which would be from other countries hmm. in the lowest of status, that it's for everyone, to empower everyone, to reach everyone that we can. And it crosses social barriers. It crosses cultural barriers. And so you're so right. To be empowered with the Holy Spirit enables you to cross those cultural, social, age barriers to tell people in power about the Lord Jesus Christ. Wow.
0: I want more of it. I want to reach Amen. this whole city. I want to reach the world. Me too. I need the power yeah. of the Holy Spirit. So, so, you know, what is what is the purpose of you know praying in the Holy Spirit and praying daily? Because Paul says, "I pray daily. I pray that you more pray more than I, I do. do." He said, "I pray daily in the heavenly language. I pray you pray more." And he said that to the Corinthians. What's the what is the purpose of it, and and then what's the ongoing benefit? I mean, if, it's, if he did it, there had to be benefit. Paul just didn't do it, just didn't write it. There has to be an ongo- a purpose and an ongoing benefit. Not, yeah. not just to win people yeah. as well, but right. what is it for the believer? Yeah,
1: so in Acts, you get this snapshot of people being filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time. And they begin to pray in other tongues. But then you ask yourself, well, does this continue or what happens? And when we go over to the book of 1 Corinthians in chapter 14, we get a picture of the church and its ongoing day-to-day functions. And there, Paul is saying to them, hey, I speak in tongues more than all of you do. In other words, it's part of his regular prayer life. And really, Pastor, our relationship with God and this empowerment experience isn't just a one-time you know, thing where you're just done. There, you've got all you get, and you become just a stagnant pool. It is a continual uh, refreshing and receiving. And so at Pentecost, we see that the point of the passage is that Jesus is the Lord and the Messiah in verse uh, 36, 236. And he is on his throne, and he is pouring down his spirit. The disciples then are responding in praise. Tongues is praise, it tells us in Corinthians as well as Acts 2. We are praising Jesus in an unknown language. And then what is he doing? He is pouring his spirit down and then we are going out. And so there has to be this reciprocal receiving and sending. Like you were talking about early, earlier, we don't just get it and okay, we're done. But every day when we pray in the spirit, we are re-accessing the power of God. We are continuing to praise Jesus. And as you know, the more we praise him, the more he fills us. Mm. and the more power we have to do his work. So it's a continual, ongoing thing. So when I pray in tongues, I'm being empowered, I'm praising Jesus, and I'm getting refilled, if you will, to go out and do more good things for Jesus. See, I
0: think that sometimes, you know, even, you know, I was raised in, I was raised in, a, you know, my mother was Buddhist, and my father, you know, came to Jesus Christ and all, all this, but we were, we were influenced by a Pentecostal charismatic uh, work that believed in this. But sometimes it was just almost taught like it was a goal, like get this and it's a goal. Right. Yeah. I, I, and see, but it, but they never taught it as a gateway, mm-hmm. because this is a gateway to the deeper revelation of Jesus, the empowerment of the Spirit. It makes you so aware. It helps you with the issues in your own life. That I think we just said I got it and we move on and we never had that deep communion of praying in the Spirit. And I think that, you know, you, uh, you, you, you said this to me the other day when we were talking about this, but 1 Corinthians uh, 14, you refer to 1 Corinthians 14 too, he says, Paul says, for if anyone who speaks in a tongue does not, does not speak to people but to God, indeed no one understands them, they utter mysteries by the Spirit. And then in verse 14 he says, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful, so what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. And I kind of see, is Paul saying this in this private intercession of the gift of tongues that there are times you pray in your English, my understanding, Mm -hmm. and then the Holy Spirit enables you and you begin to pray and worship in that language of the spirit. Is that what he's saying here?
1: Yeah. You know, I was thinking about this this morning and as I was kind of uh, preparing and, and just in prayer. I was thinking about this and you know it's it's like a direct hotline to the father and in praising Jesus and 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 giving thanks as it says there to God but it bypasses your conscious mind and it's your spirit that is praying and so that you're praying and you don't understand what you're saying. It, it's not your subconscious. I guess we could say it's like your uber-conscious, you know. <laughs> it's beyond your conscious mind. And you're, you're praying from the Spirit and through the Spirit. And as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about sometimes how, you know, we're, we're upset about this issue and that issue. And upset about our, what our kids are doing over here or what our parents are doing over there or, or what have you. But you know what? we accomplish a lot more when we focus on Jesus and we realize and we just go and praying in the Spirit and we pray in tongues and what you're doing is you're acknowledging that He is the King and the Lord. Every time tongues occur in the New Testament, it's in the context of Jesus being the Lord every Mm -hmm. single time. We find that in 1 Corinthians 12 verses 1 through 3. Jesus is Lord before He ever talks about tongues. So it's Christ's Centered, what you are doing, church, when you pray in tongues is you are calling Jesus Christ, the King, and the Lord to come and just take care of things that you don't even know you're praying about. And I'll tell you what, you could pray forever and not even know what to say anymore about certain things, but when you pray in the Spirit, you just let Jesus take care of it all. You acknowledge that he's the so King, good. you let him take care of things.
0: Can the doctor preach? Preach. <laughs>
1: I get excited about this. Guy. I know. I can
0: tell you. Yeah, I'm passionate. This pastor. Uh, I, you know, I even think about Romans 8 uh, twenty seven, the function of the Spirit, what He does. And it, and it talks about, and He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance to the will of God. Mm-hmm. So there are things when you talk about. That I make Sam as Lord because this is how Sam wants the outcome to be in this issue in my family This is how Sam wants this issue to turn out in something that I'm asking God for but when I pray in the Spirit the Spirit praying through me actually aligns me with what God's will is that's because right. he's Lord and Sam is not. And so Sam's got to bypass that praying out of his own that's right. understanding and praying in the Spirit. That's the power Absolutely. of praying in the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Is that good?
1: Yeah, that's good. good. I, felt like that's I, did good. Something. I feel smart, man.
0: I feel smart. Preach. <laughs> okay, so now I want, to, I, want to drop, I want to drop another little bomb on you here. Okay. Why should I ask for the gift of tongues when others I know who have it don't seem any more spiritual
1: than I am? Ooh. I got no idea. Do you? No. I'm well, sorry. I'm just but, <laughs> but I'm just serious. I'm
0: just I'm just yeah. serious. I'm gonna tell you, I was raised I was raised in this, okay? Yeah. And I saw people that could shondi the wallpaper I off know. the wall and speak in tongues, but I'm gonna tell you they were they were mean as alley cats. Yes. They, I, I met didn't them see, too. No, but I mean, yeah. I mean they, they didn't win anybody to God. They didn't give a dime to the church for missions. It wasn't, they weren't missional. Right. They, and they sat there and tout they spoke in tongues, but they couldn't forgive people. They talked at home about how bad they didn't like this person in the church or that person in front of their kids. But then they'd go rattling tongues, and their kids just got, I mean, you almost got the place where we're going, oh, what's the purpose? Right. I mean, why should I ask for it? You know, when I see folks who do have it, not as spiritual as me, not, I don't speak in tongues.
1: Yeah, so let's say, Pastor, there's this great benefactor out here, wherever you are, I hope you're really here, and he's going to give everybody a million dollars. <laughs> yes, where are you? He's going to, as a gift. How <laughs> come I'm going to use my yeah. word of knowledge yeah. now? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> let's find him, let's find him. So, he's going to give everyone a million dollars. And you see, the first people that get the million, you know what they do with their gift? they go out and they abuse it, they misuse it, they waste it, they blow it on ridiculous things. And so now you have the opportunity to get your million and say, well, I saw that person over there had the gift, so I'm not taking the million because you see what happened to them. You know what, I'll take your share. (laughs)
0: That's true.
1: Yeah, there's a logical fallacy there that just because someone else lacks the fruit of the Spirit in their life because they lack you know, the proper understanding or spirituality that they really should have. That should never stop us from receiving. I'm not going to not take eternal life because there's a Christian over there not acting like they should. I'm going to receive God's gifts regardless of what you're doing. So, yeah. so you know, I think, our, I think this receiving door you're talking about today... I think we should just receive what God has for us, his gifts, his grace, his mercy, good. regardless of what anyone else is doing.
0: That is really good. Really good. Yeah. All right. Here's my last one. No. I'm not exactly perfect. Do I have to arrive at a certain level of spirituality before I can have this experience?
1: Well, if you did, I wouldn't be there yet. I could tell you that much. But, you know, the great news about this, as you pointed out right at the beginning, this is a gift. It's a gift. This is a gift. We look at the Corinthian church, and they had so much bad going oh, on. Oh, boy. But they had gifts. They were so blessed. They were so um, endowed with all kinds of different gifts of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. And when you say gift, this truly is a gift. It says, and it's a promise. This is your birthright as a believer. Yes. Those of you that you receive Jesus today, first of all, awesome, congratulations. That is so fantastic. But you don't have to wait 10 years to arrive at some kind of super spiritual level, which we never get to anyway probably. A gift is a gift you can receive today. In fact, in the New Testament, the pattern is they, they come to Jesus and they receive the fullness of the Spirit ASAP right after so they can join the mission team and be empowered to be able to pray in the spirit in that way so no waiting is necessary you do see that throughout the whole book
0: of acts yeah it was immediate they just they were so hungry and i think that's what people do they 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 confuse it it's not how holy you are it's how hungry you are. amen that's that's absolutely because holiness is his job holiness is not my part Holiness is what he works in me. Mm -hmm. Because if it's Sam Rifko working his own holiness, then I'm gonna judge everybody to what what I think my level of perfection is. But Jesus is always filling people because, like you said, the book Corinthians, they had a lot of dysfunction, even after they got filled with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit kept working this in them. And I think you delineated the difference between the gift of the Spirit out of Galatians 5, Mm -hmm. but then he talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And I think that's where a lot of it is: mm-hmm. is people don't let the discipline of praying in the Holy Spirit every day right. begins to take that deep communion, and it's the discipline that cultivates fruit. That's right. And I think that's where a lot of people, you know, it's kind of like going to, you know, Planet Fitness. You can have two people walking to Planet Fitness, and there's one person they got the same outfit going into the same church. I mean, the same gym, <laughs> and uh, and they're all sitting on the same treadmill, same pew and treadmill, and. And uh, But one of us over here is sweating and working out and working the discipline, and he says, I'm here at Planet Fitness to, to get my body in shape, and the other one walks in with a, a box of Krispy Kreme donuts saying, I'm planning on fitting this donut in my mouth, and I'm not working out in the same pew. So you can be in the same pew, in the same, uh, same church, same gym, on the same treadmill, same pew, but one person is taking notes, hungry, digging in, while the other one's on the other road Eating Krispy Kremes, texting somebody, and come totally on. disconnected. That's right. And so the Holy Spirit keeps... Did I hear somebody say, come on, Pastor? I like that. Don't do that to me, because I'll keep on going here. But, but that's what it is, because I know my problems, folks. I know my shortcomings. Pastor Ben, we know our shortcomings, and if it wasn't outside, if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, he gives me that hunger for the Word, the hunger for fellowship with God's people, the hunger... Man, I'd sit there, I'd, I'd take all my money and I'd just take it for me and I'd do what, what's for Brendan. Man, I'd start, you start thinking different about everything when you start pipelining directly with the Holy Spirit and wow. Anyway, so I'm going to ask you this last thing. You kind of gave, you know, you got that, that pattern. You no, know, they were hungry for the Lord. They're saved and they just wanted everything she said and they were hungry and they kept pursuing it. Um, I, you know, I, I think sometimes people get afraid that it's, it's gonna be weird, I'm out of control. I, you're never out of control. I think what happens is a lot of us see these uh, TikTok and we see our Instagram and our TikTok reels of somebody that's supposed to represent the infilling of the Holy Spirit doing something wacky and kooky and that becomes your context of what happens to you. And what, how I receive may not be the way you receive or release that first initial evidence. I, I, I remember I received, I was back in Garden City uh, taking care of it was my mom's personal effects and I drove by I was at the back of the church and remember that uh, Place where I got baptized in the Holy Spirit I was 15 years old and a bunch of us young people just started seeking the Lord start praying and there were two sisters in the church uh, Doris McNaughton and uh, Virginia Strauss and I'd been asking for the Holy Spirit and I'll never forget they all just started surrounding me and sister Doris on one side sister Virginia on the other side and they were going off like machine guns and tongues in my ear, and it was loud, it was loud, it was loud. I didn't need the Holy Ghost. I needed a healing line because I couldn't hear a thing when they were done. And, uh, and they were going, hold on, let go, hold on, let go, hold on, let go, hold on, let go. And I'm just going, oh, dear Lord. But I'm going to tell you, as, as, but, but that was their context, so they thought that should be everybody else's context. And I'm going to tell you what happened to me. I was sitting there and believing in all that, I was just such, I was just a hungry 15-year-old. My dad had been killed in the car accident, and our family, my mom trying to raise seven kids by herself, and all the challenges, and I was just 15, I was just desperate. And even in that context, somehow God says, just, just let that boy have it. <laughs> you know? And I just began to worship the Lord. Brenda's context was different. She wasn't, there was no, there was no Virginia Strauss or doors. Uh, Brenda was in her bedroom. And uh, just sitting there, that day she'd just become a member, right? And it wasn't, and baptized in water that same day. She'd just been a new convert, but she got baptized. She knew we baptized. She'd become a member. And that night, on her bed, doing her devotions, just worshiping God, she starts praying and starts beginning to worship God in that heavenly language. And that day, even God set you free from battling nicotine that day because she'd, she'd been a smoker and couldn't get free. And the Holy Spirit gave her the power to overcome that. That's something she couldn't do in her own strength. And, and I got that right? Do I got that right, baby? All
1: right. What was your experience? Yeah, so I was actually in college, was not raised in a Pentecostal church or anything like that. So I didn't really have a lot of context for, you know, what this was all That's about. True. But when I, um, when I was in college, I had a roommate who was a Pentecostal, and he just assist, insisted that I needed this baptism in the Holy Spirit. But so over time, I was praying and praying and praying about this, but I was so scared because I thought for sure, you know, man, am I going to get a demon or something? If I, I mean, really, this is what I thought. I didn't know. I didn't know. So I start searching the scriptures and everything, and I'm like, wow, sure enough, it's there. It's in the Bible. He's right. So one night, finally, I'm kneeling beside my bed, praying at, you know, while I'm in college in my apartment, and the Holy Spirit just comes over me, and I just... Follow his promptings and starts praying in other tongues. Nobody around. No, no big glorious flashes of light. No sisters, you know, screaming in my ears. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think it's really important that we distinguish between culture yes. and Bible. Yes. yes. None of that other stuff is necessary. Yeah. What's necessary is, like you said, is that we just, like receiving salvation, we just step out in faith and say, Jesus... I'm hungry for you, fill me. I thought he would come and grab my tongue and so, or something like that, you know. No, we speak and he gives the words. He gives the words. That's right. And it's just a simple step of of faith yeah. and and just like salvation, we ask, he cleanses. He comes in. We ask for his power empowerment, he fills us, mm-hmm. and we just begin to respond in praise in other tongues. And it's the same principle as
0: salvation. You know, you, the, the, the scripture instructs us it's the belief in your heart and confession with your mouth. And, yeah. you know, and even for, even, our, even within our, among our deaf community, uh, their language is, is sign language. And they, they give voice to their salvation mm-hmm.
1: That's right.
0: About following Jesus Christ. Yeah. And it's the same way, it is the same context, the same principle, the same way you got saved for the Holy Spirit, uh, saved and, and with confess your mouth and believing is the same way you get baptized with the Holy Spirit. You believe, the Holy Spirit doesn't jack your jaw, flip your tongue, slap your lips, didn't, you know, doesn't do that. You know, he doesn't do that. You, you give, a, can I just say it this way? You just have to give a voice to the Holy Spirit. You give your voice, you give, you give voice, just like salvation, you he didn't force you to get saved you had to give your voice like Jesus come into my life And I'm telling you I have to watch people that fill the Holy Spirit I've even and I mentioned the deaf community I've seen people in, even in the deaf community get baptized Holy Spirit and just start praying in tongues with their own Audibly praying in in the, in the language of the Spirit. I just I just believe that you know so many people You know you talk about culture you might have been in a culture in church where they slammed the door on this and You're missing out on one of the most powerful gifts Jesus commanded you he says don't leave it was a command you need this you need this I need this I say if there's a door that's been slammed and even in your own mind you shut it well I'll let them have that this is my personal belief just like I'm saying don't let a personal experience of somebody else determine your theology of how you should receive like you know sister Doris Virginia, that's just the culture, the context of their culture. But I cannot let that experience write theology. The theology of the Word of God just says you simply believe, and you give voice to the Holy Spirit, hungering for more of Him, and not not so you can say I did that, because you're not just about receiving; you're about chipping. It was truly about empowering you to be a witness. And I'll just tell you something folks, I get really concerned about myself. If I'm speaking in tongues, you're a pastor, but I'm not influencing anybody to come to Jesus Christ, I am very concerned about my walk with the Lord and the real purpose and function for the Holy Spirit because it was to show the glory of God to reach people for Jesus and empower us to be more like him. (sighs) Did you enjoy this today? I did, I did.